Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10.30 and 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc live. I hope you enjoyed this message. What's up, Freedom House? Y'all look beautiful. Look at your neighbors. Say you look extra cute this Memorial Day weekend. Come on, look at them. Turn to your other neighbor. Say you look like you could use a little church today. Come on, look at them. Say you, you need to be here today. Come on, hit them. Just... That's awesome, awesome. We also wanna welcome all of our live streamers. We have people from all over the nation, North Carolina, Georgia, New York, Minnesota, South Carolina, Virginia, New Mexico, New Jersey, California, Montana, Alabama, Connecticut, um, I don't know what that one is, Maryland, TC. I don't know what, there's no, there's no country, there's no um, state TC. Maryland, Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Kansas, Ohio, Wisconsin, Maine, Peru, China, Nigeria, and South Africa. Come on, let's give them a big welcome. So glad you decided to join us today. And don't ever, don't ever forget, if you're ever in Charlotte, you wanna come by and hang out with us, we will roll out the red carpet for you and uh, just welcome you with open arms. Hey, listen, last week we had a an amazing time. Where are my men at? We had our men's conference last week. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Now, if you missed it, you really did miss it, to be honest with you, you really missed it. And, uh, but you can, you can relive the whole experience, the whole entire weekend via your computer. And uh, you can grab one of these download cards, they're only $20, and you can listen to all the messages. I mean, Randy Bazette, phenomenal on Saturday. Uh, Joseph Sojourner, oh my gosh, probably one of the best messages I've ever heard on Saturday night. All the messages on Sunday are on here, all the services at all the campuses. Who wants this one? Raise your hand if you want this one, raise your hand. Run up here and get it, come on, I'll give it to you. I don't usually do this, and everybody here knows that I do not usually give these away, and so usually I make you pay for it. For it, but, uh, but today I feel extra generous. I feel extremely generous today. And so anyway, uh, my name is Troy Maxwell. My wife and I are the senior pastors. My wife is at the South End campus today. We got Mike Griffin at our Lake Norman campus. And how many, how many, aren't you glad we got a church that's reaching our entire city? Come on, somebody. Isn't that great? <laughs> Fantastic. We're finishing up our series, uh, The Third Man. We're talking about the relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit. Many, many years ago, I was in Richmond, Virginia at the church that I grew up, got saved in, and a gentleman by the name of Lester Summerall came into the church and preached, and it was very dynamic. He was one of the fathers of the faith. He grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, phenomenal man of God. He said something that literally changed my life. He said that if you can die with three friends, then you have accomplished something big in life. And I immediately began to qualify and bring in the quality of people. Show me your friends, I'll show you your past, your present, and your future. And today I wanna introduce you to one, a friend who has become very close to me. Um, I've developed this relationship for the last 25 years I've been a Christian, and that's the Holy Spirit. You can have a friendship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, when I say that, when I say Holy Spirit, what is the image that comes to your mind? What is the first thing that you think of? What is the image? For some of you, if you grew up in the mountains, maybe it's handling snakes, I don't know. Don't get nervous, ain't gonna happen today, just wanna let you know that. 
Maybe you grew up in church. And when I say Holy Spirit, you immediately thinking about that guy who ran around the church six times before he sat down. You know what I'm talking about. Started rolling around crazy. You know, maybe foaming at the mouth a little bit. I don't know. I mean, maybe it could happen in your church. Maybe, maybe you think of TV preachers. Maybe you're a little hesitant. You immediately go to what's on television and you think that can't be real. And, and to be honest with you, we've said this a couple times, the Holy Spirit's not weird people are. And you, you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're here today and the idea of the Holy Spirit is very new to you. You're new to Christ, you're new to church, you're new to a relationship with him. Well, I wanna share with you what God would see if you said the Holy Spirit. The image that he describes in scripture is the image of a dove, a dove. Now, why would he use a dove? Well, I believe one of the reasons why, or several reasons of, the re, of why he uses a dove is when I see a dove, it calms me down a little bit. Like it's, it's peaceful, it's gentle. Doves just have that cool, they kind of have that sweet little sound that they make. It's interesting that a dove on each one of its wings has nine, on each wing has nine significant feathers. I don't think it's by accident that there are nine fruits of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, and there's nine gifts of the Spirit. Also, on its tail, there are five significant feathers. I don't think it's by accident that God uses this image because there is the five-fold ministry that guides and directs the church. The dove is important and you see him active right from the very beginning of the New Testament. Look at John chapter one, beginning in verse 29. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God. John was a precursor, a pre-runner to the ministry of the Messiah, Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, John would preach about the coming Messiah. After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Look at verse 32. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending from heaven like a, what does it say? Dove. One more time, like a? And he, what does it say? Remained, remained. I want you to remember that, remained upon him. I did not know him. In other words, John is saying, I wouldn't know him unless something happened. And he says, but he, God, who sent me to baptize with water, said to me, upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descending and, what is that word? Remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now this is very important because this is the first time that you see uh, the dove mentioned a representation of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And it's in regards to the relationship that we have with Jesus. Jesus is our prototype. Jesus is the one who basically is, is the one who, who shows us how we can live in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've said this before. Whenever you're studying the scriptures, 
One of the ways that you can learn about a specific person or a symbol or a representation is what's what, with what's called the law of first mention, the law of first mention, meaning the first time you see it in scripture gives us a great definition of how that person, that representation is gonna be used. The first time a dove is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis chapter eight. So if you wanna look with me, you can look on the screens, you can look on your phone. I want you to see this because what this describes to us is, is what's called the dispensation of the activity of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is you see throughout history, through this first mention, how the Holy Spirit is going to interact with mankind. And this is very key. And it's the story of Noah. Noah was the guy who God came to and said, hey, it's gonna be, we're gonna have a bad storm. It's gonna rain for 40 days and 40 nights because I wanna start over. I wanna wipe the earth clean. I wanna cleanse it off. And you're gonna need to, you're gonna need to build a boat that boat's gonna be called the ark and all these animals are gonna come and fill up the boat. How many of you know that that would be pretty interesting if you, you built a boat and all these animals? I have a hard time with my one dog. Imagine <laughs> what it smelt like. I'll just go there. What it smelt like in that ark, what it looked like in that ark. Imagine how much food they had to have. I mean, that's crazy. Hanging out with lions. I mean, that would have been awesome. Leopards, incredible. So look what happens, it says in verse six of Genesis chapter eight. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days. So it finished raining. Now the ark is floating that Noah opened the window of the ark. God told him to make a window up at the top of the ark, which he made. Then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Verse eight. He also sent out from himself a, what does it say? Dove. To see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand. I love this part of the passage right here because this little description that God leaves in the passage lets us know the kind of relationship we can now have with the Holy Spirit. It says, Noah put out his hand, took her, the Holy Spirit, the dove, and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited and he had another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days, and he sent out the dove, which did not return to him anymore. Do you see three different times Noah sends out this representation of the Holy Spirit, sends out a dove? So what does it mean? Well, track with me. The first is the operation of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The Bible says that Noah sent out this dove, and the Bible says that the dove flew around and then came back. Meaning, this is what happened in the Old Testament with regards to the operation of the Holy Spirit upon Old Testament believers. The Holy Spirit would come upon them for a purpose and then lift off of them. You see it with King Saul, if you study King Saul. Saul was anointed king, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would come upon him, he would do something for God, and then the Holy Spirit would lift off of him. Samson, great example. 
Samson was the long-haired, Fabio-looking muscle guy. He was on the front of all the romance novels. He would, he would be, God would ask him to do something, go fight the Philistines. So he would be, be the Holy Spirit would come upon him, he would do a purpose, and then he would lift off of him. Noah says he sends out the dove, he goes, but yet he comes back. This is the operation in the Old Testament. Then what happens? What's the second thing that happens? The Bible says Noah sends out the dove again after seven days. The dove, however, comes back and it has an olive leaf in its mouth. This is what I just read to you in John chapter one. The olive leaf is a representation of Jesus. This was the first action that we can see in a person as the Holy Spirit came upon him but didn't leave because John said, that's the Messiah, the one that you would see, that you would see the Holy Spirit descend and remain on him. He was our prototype. He was what we would see in the operation of our life with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus lived his entire life leaning into the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do any preaching until the Holy Spirit came and remained on him. The, the, Jesus didn't do any miracles until the Holy Spirit came and remained on him. Third dispensation. The Bible says he waited another seven days. Waited another seven days, sends out the dove, and what happens? Dove doesn't come back. Why? Because now this is where we live. We live in the operation where the Holy Spirit will come and remain in us. He will come and live in us when we invite him to charge through our life, to, to lead us through our life. Jesus is our prototype. We can look at Jesus. So we can learn some things from Jesus, can't we, in relationship to, to the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus made it very clear. Hey, look, it's, it's good that I go away. Now, that would have been hard for you if you were a disciple back then. Think about it. Let, let, me, let me say it this way. Let's say the closest person in your life right now, your best, your bestie, your BFF, your close person said to you today, hey, listen, I gotta go away. You'd be like, what? I don't want you to go away, I need you. But he says, good, I need to go away. It's better that I go away because I'm gonna send you a helper. Listen to John 14, verse 16. The Bible says, Jesus said, I, I will pray the Father. I gotta go away, guys. These guys depended on him. They, they spent their entire life with him. Three and a half years. They watched Jesus preach, they learned to preach. They watched Jesus pray for the sick, they learned to pray for the sick. They watched Jesus be led by the Spirit. They, they were trying to learn this, arguing with him, fighting with him, you know, challenged by him, corrected by him. And Jesus says, I gotta leave. What, I don't want you to go away. Don't leave me. And he says, no, but it's better that I go away. I'm just one person However, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's gonna fill all of you. And what I did as one person, now you're gonna do collectively. Think about this for a second. Jesus is letting us know that one person, yeah, can change the world, but think about when all of us come into a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, how we can change the world. So Jesus says, I'm gonna pray the Father. I'm gonna ask the Father and he's gonna give you another, just like me, helper that he may abide with you, what does it say? Forever, forever, for your entire life. I found this, this, this passage unpacked or a parallel to this passage in what Jesus is saying. 
in John 14, 16. He says, I will pray the Father and he will send you someone who is just like me in every way. He will be identical to me in the way I speak, the way I think, the way I operate, and the way I see things, and the way I do things. He will be exactly like me in every way. When he is present, it will be just as if I am present because we think, behave, and operate just the same. We need a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we can learn from Jesus. I wanna give you a few things. If you wanna take some notes, now's your time to turn your pen on. (laughs) Write some things down. I'm gonna give you a few things that Jesus can teach us about the Holy Spirit. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, if you're not taking notes, write this down. He is a who, not an it. He is a who, not an it. Now, this is very important because you can't have a relationship with an it. I know you love your car. You might have named your car. My daughter named her car Joanna the Jetta. But I can promise you, Joanna will let you down. Joanna does not have a soul. Even though she's a Volkswagen, she does not have a soul, okay? You can't have a relationship with an it. You can only have a relationship with a person. So Jesus never referred to the Holy Spirit as an object or an it, he always referred to the Holy Spirit as a he, a person that we can have a relationship with. Now this is extremely important because the Holy Spirit is not a goosebump. You may feel goosebumps when he comes around. A little hair on the back of your neck might stand up. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Well, what if you don't feel him? Does that mean he's not there? No, he's still there because he says he will remain with us forever. I don't like it when people come into environments and go, oh, the Holy Spirit wasn't there today. Well, who made you the barometer of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Like, did God pick you out and say, you're the one that's supposed to go to Freedom House and let everybody know, just stand up. Hey, the Holy Spirit's not in today. You know, he had a vacation day. (laughs) Memorial Day weekend, he decided not to show up. He needs a break. I don't like it when people do that because you don't, just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he doesn't exist or he's not there. he's, He's not a feeling although you may feel him sometimes. He's not a mysterious force, although you may, he can use force. He's not a power, although he has unlimited power. So we gotta make sure that we connect with him in a relational aspect. Now, let me just say something really important about this because when it comes to our relationship with God, with Jesus, and specifically with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can fall into the trap of looking at him for an outcome instead of for who he is. We only, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is only about what he can do for us instead of who he wants to be in our life. Are you following me? He, he desires a relationship. His desire is to come and fellowship with you. And so we gotta be real careful, really careful. Stay up here, look at me. We gotta be really careful that we don't find ourselves praying always prayers of God do for me. God protect me, God help me, God give me. And that's the trap, we can all fall into that trap, can't we? But see, what happens if he doesn't help you? Doesn't protect you? We say, well, well, that, that God is always gonna be there. I don't know about you, sometimes he doesn't answer my prayers. Maybe it's because they aren't the right prayer to pray. And, 
if he doesn't do for me like I want him to, my faith can be shaken when he doesn't show up. However, when I have a relationship with him, even when he doesn't do for me, I know he's still there. That's the personal side of our relationship with him. And that's why Jesus made it very clear that we are to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is a who, not an it. How do we know that? Because he has a personality. A personality has a soul, a soul. A soul is made up of a mind, a will, and emotion. This is how we know cats won't go to heaven is they don't have a soul. <laughs> no soul. Don't send me a bad email, even you online. I'm sorry, your cat sitting beside you right now. No soul. No soul. Dogs have souls, cats don't. Even ferrets have souls, cats don't. Forgive me. Actually, uh, let me repent, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, I'm having just a whole different dynamic. Maybe I'm having an epiphany right now that maybe I should like cats because I've heard they taste like chicken. But anyway, that's bad, that's bad right there, that's bad. Funny, but bad, that's really bad. <laughs> that's terrible. All right, let's get back to Jesus here. Everybody say, he has a soul, he has a soul. You have a soul. A soul is made up of a mind, a will, and emotions. Mind, will, emotions. So the Holy Spirit has a mind. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. The mind of the Spirit. He has a mind. This is how we know he has a personality. He is a person. He has a will. He has a will. He has desire, passion, drive, motivation. Acts 16, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them, stopped them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. He can stop you. He has a will. He has the ability to make decisions. He also has emotions. He has feelings. James 4, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. The Holy Spirit is jealous. You know what he's jealous for? Your attention. He wants you to acknowledge him in every part of our life. Ephesians 4 tells us to, to not make God's Holy Spirit sad. He can be sad. Why? Because he's a person. He's a who and not an it. Number two thing that Jesus can teach us is he's involved in every step of salvation. Now this is key because that means that every person in this room, every person watching online, has the capacity to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because you heard him. You're here because of him. If you made a decision, if you are a born again believer, guess what? The only way you could come into relationship with the Father is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us very clearly, you can't even know the Father. Drawn, we are drawn to the Father, which means, this is so great, which means you may think there's no way I could ever have a relationship with him. Well, you already have one because you've already heard his voice. I used to preach in prisons. When I first started preaching, I would go to these youth prisons and number one prayer that they prayed was get me out of here. And they would ask me, the biggest question that they would ask me is, have I offended the Holy Spirit? Have I, am I in a place where God will never accept me? And I let them know, if you're asking me that question, you're not. 
Think about that. If they are even convicted to the point where that question arises in their heart, then they are not in a place where they have exited. Because it was all volunteer when it came to the ministry that I was at. They were all came in because they wanted to be there. And I said, if you wanna be here, and they were like, yeah, I wanna be here, I wanna be here. I wanna learn about God. I wanna get in relationship with God. And I said, then you have, you have, not, you have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit because they were so afraid of it. You have the capacity. He's involved in every step of salvation. Number three thing that we can learn from Jesus is he's our corner man. He's our corner man. Jesus calls him our comforter. The word comforter in the Greek is the Greek word parakletos or paraclete. It means one, para, who comes alongside. Clete, para, clete, one who comes alongside, a person that comes alongside. One of the definitions of that word is when two Roman soldiers would get back to back with each other. They would stand back to back, meaning I'm gonna look this way, you're gonna look this way, and nobody can attack us from any direction. How many of y'all know who Angelo Dundee is? Raise your hand if you know who Angelo Dundee is. Most of the men probably know who he is. He was the corner man for Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time. Muhammad Ali would have not floated like a butterfly or stunned like a bee if it wasn't for Angelo Dundee. It rhymes. <laughs> he was his corner man. Angelo Dundee made this statement about being a corner man. He says, as a corner man, I'm a surgeon, I'm an engineer, and I'm a psychologist. Every, after three minutes of fighting, Muhammad Ali would come and sit down and Angelo would whisper in his ear, fix his cuts. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. We are in the fight of life. And when we come and we sit down and are quiet, the dove, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and he fixes the areas that have been broken by life. He comes and encourages us. He's the one that comes alongside and he watches our blind spot. He tells us when we're missing areas of our life that we, we may not even realize People may not even see. And he comes and he goes, hey, listen, watch out. He keeps coming at you with that right hook. You better watch out. He's our corner man. He's our corner man. Jesus teaches us that he's our source of power. Our source of power. We are overcomers because of the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Luke 24, he said, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But Terry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued means to be wrapped in, covered in, enveloped by. Now, let's, let's dig into this just for a minute. When Jesus was saying this, he was talking to his disciples. Now, let me ask you a question. When did the disciples get born again? When did they become Christians? It wasn't the first time they saw Jesus because the Bible tells us that in order to become a believer, a Christian, born again, you must believe that Jesus died and was risen from the dead. All right, so Jesus is sharing this scripture, sharing this with the disciples. He says, wait in Jerusalem. Wait, wait in Jerusalem because I'm gonna send the promise of the Father. I've been telling you about him the whole time. I'm gonna send the promise of the Father, and when he comes, you're gonna receive power. When Jesus was saying this, guess what? He was raised from the dead. Now, what does that mean for you and me? That means that the disciples had seen Jesus get killed, 
on the cross, crucified for us, and they believed that he was raised from the dead because he was standing right in front of them when he said this. So they knew he was raised from the dead. So that means that the disciples were born again at this moment. Do you agree with that? Okay, if you're a born again believer, you believe that Jesus died. You weren't there when he was crucified, but you believe it by faith. The disciples really didn't have to use much faith. They watched him get killed. Now, when it comes to the resurrection, they had to use some faith. He's raised from the dead. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. And now Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, there is a subsequent event that you can experience that will give you power. Power. Now, a lot of people think that when we get saved, we get everything that we need from the Holy Spirit. That's not what Jesus is telling us right there. Matter of fact, Jesus says it again. 40 days after he spent with his disciples, he spent 40 days with them after he was raised from the dead. And then he tells his disciples as he's getting ready to leave in Acts chapter one, he says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then Jesus vanishes. And then the Bible says 10 days later, 10 days, they were in the upper room and the place started to shake and the Holy Spirit descended upon them like tongues of fire sat upon each one of them. And Peter stood up and preached the first spirit-filled message. Now what that says to me is that there's more, more than just what happens at being born again. Matter of fact, Jesus even tells us in John chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus tells us that not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, he will be in you. Meaning that you can receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit to give you power. Power for what? Power to live your life. How many of y'all could use a little power to overcome some temptation? Come on, raise your hand. All of us in the room, we're all tempted. How many of y'all could use some power in your marriage? Come on, power in your finances, power in your job, power in your career, power in your education. We all need some more power in our life. Well, this is the power that Jesus told us about. Last night, I got to church and I was up on the platform preaching and I went to look at my watch and it didn't come on. And I flipped it again, didn't come on. I flipped it again, it didn't come on. Realized it was dead. <laughs> Problem was, is when I got my watch, it was connected to the charger. It had been, char I thought it had been charging the whole time. There was one problem, however. I didn't plug it into the wall. <laughs> Listen, there are Christians all over the world, sitting in churches all over the world right now that look like a watch, smell like a watch, act like a watch, but they haven't been plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit. And today you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can walk out in some power. Can I get an amen? So let me show you what this looks like and this leads me to the last thing and then I'll finish here. He, Jesus, wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Right now, today, he's available to you today. Ephesians 1 says, in him, in Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed, having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Let me show you what this looks like. Let me show you what this looks like. When you believe, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's as if you are a letter, I got a letter right here, in an envelope. You are enveloped by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus made the statement, you shall be endued, he's talking about completely covered with, so that there won't be any difference between you and the Holy Spirit. You will see that it would be seamless and not a line drawn down the sand where you're over here and the Holy Spirit's over there. He begins to integrate every part of your life, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you live. He convicts you when you start doing something you shouldn't do. He stops you when you're about to speak your mind because he knows you only have a little bit left. And so he wants to make sure you're not gonna use it all up. He, he, he leads you to the right people. He says, don't hang around with her. She ain't the one for you. Get away, get away, get away. That's the Holy Spirit. You start to integrate into your life. You are enveloped by the Holy Spirit. Then he says he will seal you. Seal you. You are now sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now this is important because this seal is different than any other seal because this is a supernatural seal. What does it mean by supernatural? It means that it can't be broken by natural means. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? That means that you can't break it. If you didn't seal you, you can't unseal you. Now, I'm not talking about once saved, always saved. That's what I'm talking about. That's not the kind of life I'm talking about. You can do whatever you want because if you are enveloped by the Holy Spirit, you will do what God wants to do for you and not what you want to do for you. You'll live a life that is pleasing to God, a life of faith. Are you following what I'm talking about? But you are sealed. You know what else that means? That means the devil can't break it either. Because the last time I read the scriptures is that Jesus went down into hell, took the keys back from him, and took, took over the landlordship of the earth, and you and I sit ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ as he sits on the right hand of God. Come on, somebody. Isn't that great? Everybody say, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Come on, say it again. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Nobody can open this seal. Not only that, but you are marked. You are marked. What are you marked by? First of all, you are marked by who you were, where you were. But this isn't the important mark. The important mark is not where you came from. The important mark is where you are to be delivered to, where you're going, your destiny. This letter is not meant to go where this address is. This letter is meant to go where this address is. This is your purpose. This is the promise of God. Sure, we all have a past. Sure, we know where we came from. Always good to kind of look back every now and then and go, thank God I'm not like I used to be. Thank God I came out of that. Thank God I stopped living that kind of, thank God I'm, I'm away from them. Thank God that that life is over. Thank God I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I have a plan. I have a promise from God. Not only am I marked, but I'm also guaranteed. Guarante I'm guaranteed. God stamps me with the guarantee of the blood of Jesus. He died for me. He died for you. His blood was shed. And we have a guarantee from God that we will be delivered to our destiny. Now, here's where the problem comes in with us. 
We like all that. Yeah, amen. Praise the path. Woo. Preach it, white boy. <laughs> the hard part. We go in there. We don't like to go in there because now we feel like we're in the hands of other people. And this is what most of our life looks like right here. Most of our life looks like a dark place where we feel like we, it is out of our control. And the truth is it is. Yeah, you can make decisions because of your relationship with the Holy Spirit and he leads you through those decisions. But sometimes you gotta put yourself in other people's hands and still trust God. We gotta still trust God. And I don't know if, I, I love tracking packages. I'm, I'm a package tracking fool. I will order six things on Amazon six different times. Not put them all together, just because I love to track the packages. <laughs> I get excited when it says, it's gonna deliver today. I'm waiting at the door. When is it gonna be delivered? I can't wait till it show up. I feel like it's Christmas every single day with Amazon. I love it, I love it. But isn't it interesting that when you decide to put yourself in the hands of God, and you've got a little bit of an inkling of where you're supposed to go, but you end up going the other direction. You ever tracked a package and it's supposed to come from like maybe California to North Carolina, and it goes from California to Michigan, back over here. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Why are you going the other direction? That's exactly how sometimes our life is. Because God needs to take us in another direction in order to get us where we need to be. And we get all beat up. We get all beat up in here, you know, and crinkled up and everything. But it doesn't matter how much life seems to abuse us and take, take over in our life, we still are sealed. We still got a destination. We still are guaranteed purchased by Jesus Christ. No matter how much we come to our destination, beat up. Listen, the, the crinkles and the wrinkles and the, and the beat up and the bruises and the, and the different things that we have to go through are the very thing that make us who we are. And we can stand up before somebody and Jesus said, you shall, be, you shall receive power to be witnesses. You can argue all day about scripture, but nobody can take your story away from you. Nobody can. Your testimony, your testimony is powerful. Powerful. Because you've been marked, you've been sealed and guaranteed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, stand up on your feet. And I wanna pray with you this morning. I wanna pray with you today to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here in this place, what makes you a candidate is salvation, being saved. The Bible tells us that if you believe that Jesus died and was raised from the dead, you can be saved. Maybe you've never made that decision before. You want, to be on, you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you could spend eternity with God in heaven. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you're new to church, new to Christianity. Listen, that's what Jesus did for you. He paid an incredible price to redeem you, redeem you, to renew you, change you, 
Wash away all your mistakes. Maybe you made that decision at some point in your life. When you were younger, last week, I don't know. The great thing about Jesus is He'll accept you the way you are. He'll forgive you of all your mistakes, all your sins, all your shame, all your guilt. In a moment, He'll forgive you. He's here in this place right now. He's with you right now online. He wants to touch you, change you, help you make that decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time, or maybe you wanna rededicate, recommit your life. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. You ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand. You say, that's me. All across this room, my hand's all over the room. If you're online, just would you just click that little hand right there? Somebody there to help you. Lift it up high so I can see your hands all over the room. If you raised your hand, you wanted to raise your hand. Pray this proud church, join with them as they make this declaration over their life. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that his blood was shed for me. I believe that he was raised from the dead to give me new life, which I receive by faith right now in Jesus' name. I will worship you and I will serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in your life, you wanna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just want you to lift both hands to heaven. You need, you need some power in your life to overcome temptation. You need some power in your life to make that big decision that you have. The Bible says you can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's here right now, he's here in this room. He's here, the Holy Spirit is here. People just got saved. He's here. They drew, he drew them in. He's here right now to baptize you, do you, cover you, change you, envelop you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Just lift both hands to heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, I just release the power of the Holy Spirit on every life in Jesus' name. Just say this with me. Say, I receive. Come on, say it loud like you believe it. Say, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I receive power to live my life for Jesus Christ. I will be His witness on this earth, telling my story, telling God's story to the people I meet in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. Give God a big hand clap today. Come on, He's a good God. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.